0: Weird Things is brought to you by Patreon.com/slash/WeirdThings. Support the show.
1: Hello and welcome to the Weird Things podcast. I'm Andrew Mean, joined by Mr. Brian Brushwood. That's right, three hosts only, as it has
0: always been and is in our charter
1: and mr
2: bryce castillo that's right bryce third host castillo is here as always Mm -hmm. hi welcome back
1: three the triumvirate the perfect shape the three
2: uh it's 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 a magical
1: number i'm not gonna lie
2: and a triangle is such a strong structure oh my goodness can you believe it
1: i know uh bryce you've got the stories Hmm. today
2: yeah i've got some stories for you today uh uh, the 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 climate change. Oh, it, the mm-hmm. climate change. Not a fan. Boy, Tough. Not boy, a oh fan. Boy, is it is
0: it? D- does it appear to be real? And uh, oh, if I had a time machine, I'd go back twenty years and whisper to a younger version of myself. <laughs> hey, looks like it's gonna be pretty real. <laughs> I don't know that reducing carbon emissions will be the right answer, but. It's going to be hot
2: (laughs) there's going to be one year it's going to be really hot uh so so scientists at mit have a proposal um to to maybe offset some of the uh uh, the results of climate change Uh, do you guys remember that episode of futurama where they're dealing with with climate change
0: uh, you know what I do, and Andrew does, but I'm betting somebody out bet there in the does. listening audience might have forgotten it. Right. Uh, remind them.
2: Well, in 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 Futurama, the, com, the cartoon about the future, they are dealing with climate change. And one of the solutions that they propose is a big global initiative to solve climate change right now, right now, uh, is to put a big mirror in space to reflect uh, some of the sun's... Uh, 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 light to re- stop it from reaching Earth, bringing temperatures down, not maybe to solve climate change, but to kind of offset the rising temperatures. So uh, scientists at MIT said, yeah, what if we did that? And have suggested space bubbles uh, that we we're looking at a picture of here uh, to do just that. Uh, they, these would be... They,
0: they, 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 they appear to be made of mylar, I guess?
2: Uh, yeah, they're, they're made out of a thin, reflective membrane. They would have to be gigantic. They would have to be uh, the biggest thing we've ever put into space. Um, it would have to sit at about the Le, the uh, uh, Lagrange point, uh, uh, about where the, the, the James Webb telescope is, I believe.
0: Okay, well, opposite of that. Uh, yes. so, so, so if uh, uh, James Webb is at L2, this would be L1 between us and and, and the sun. Uh,
2: uh, Yes. Yes. Um, And it would, this would be thousands of miles wide um, and it would need to stay in space. It would need to stay in the same place and uh, have to deal with solar winds, radiation, uh, not to mention any number of objects. Uh, And it also doesn't solve climate change. It only kind of addresses some part of it.
1: It, And, hey, I I like big thinking. I like big thinking. I, I, my issue with these things, like we go back to the space elevator uh, era, <laughs> is that is it you have some ideas that maybe might might be practical, but they're fantasy in the world of like the idea that we 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 can't even do an embargo on Russian oil with our partners that we're gonna. Get together and agree upon something like this, just is not going to happen. And also, like the scary thing, too, is like, well, then what will be the consequences of this? We don't know. Like, we don't know. And also that, well, great, are parts of the world that are kind of really effing cold now going to get even more cold? Which is we still lose more people to cold than to heat. And so that's a thing that kind of people we look at one problem and forget other things. Like, you know. I'm not going to be pro-climate change. You'll make that very clear. But climate change is a complex issue. It's a complex issue. And the world is greener than it was 20 years ago. This is not a, this is, this is science. It's the world is greener. Increased CO2 can be helpful. And then you can have catastrophic collapse, which that's the bad part, which that is a reality too. My, I look at this and I'm like, okay, well, why don't you spend that money on nuclear energy and carbon sequestration? Like, that to me would be like, I think we would be way better off doing that. And I,
2: I, I think this is conceptual. I think everyone along the line understands that there are a lot of major roadblocks to this being practical.
1: I, sure, but I, 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 they are, and I'm sure they would, t- no, but I, I, my, my concern is that, it's not a serious idea by people who should be taking other things more seriously. In my opinion, is it if like, I'm like, ah, climate change, therefore I'm like, what, what what about nuclear and like carbon sequestration? Like, what about these? Like, that seems to me like a really good, ah, but space bubbles, like, is that a real, cause that's going to, it's a distract people can free to submit suggest anything they want to me, but it's such a huge distraction because it's not a real solution.
0: Well, what, um, what it definitely is is an immediate, uh, a, an immediately measurable, uh, temporary solution. In the way that you're on the beach, it's hot, and you grab an umbrella and put pull it over you. You have not affected sea acidification. You have not uh, changed anything about over farming or overfishing. You have not uh, made the world a better place but you yourself are enjoying this moment. <laughs> <laughs> so so in that regard I understand doing it, but but men th- th- there's a lot of other problems that will still need to be cleaned up. Um uh I yeah uh, I, uh, yeah I I I I, 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 don't, I I don't know. My my default position is Uh, The human problem-solving engine seems to run very, very fast. And uh, at some point, we have to do a thing. And the perpetual question is, do we let this problem-solving engine just run just a little bit longer, and maybe it's got a better solution, or do we do something now? And this feels like a something-now solution that definitely would cool things off, but would not fix significant parts of the problem.
1: I guess my issue is like, it's not like it's, oh, we build another ISS, which was the largest human endeavor ever at $100 billion. This is something that's going to cost tens of trillions of dollars. It's just, it's just, it's the scale. Like, like yeah. that, the, and so in order to do this, we're going to have to commit so much of the economic might of the planet greater than, you know, when we did Apollo, that was 25% of the national budget. Mm-hmm. Imagine what this is going to be. And like, ah, this is, I'm like, man if you're if you're gonna start handing out money like that which i don't advise i've got a bunch of other things i think are probably you know more fruitful i mean but (laughs) i
2: we all agree that this is not feasible i i I think like these are mit researchers they're not gonna i mean maybe they should spend time coming up with the definitive evidence that we should switch to nuclear or to, to solar but also i think that this is uh, th- what else are they going to do? You got to start somewhere. Then I don't think that they love this idea either, but they they walked it through and we see what this could look like as a beginning towards next ideas. I don't think anybody is, is asking for the money for this. But The
1: raft itself, researchers hypothesize a craft roughly the size of Brazil. <laughs> yeah it I,
2: it it would have to be it would have to be very big, yeah absolutely. so
1: let's talk about how much energy c o two will be emitted by putting that much matter into being <laughs> into space
2: well i'm I still I'm, agree I'm, that there are problems i don't,
0: <laughs> I am now fully bought in on the paradigm of pretty soon getting to orbit will be very, very cheap if not practically free yeah what the moment on this show that I learned that a starship a day was being produced by SpaceX, I realized whatever happens next, uh, it, it it happens by starry-eyed people with a few billion dollars, not trillions, and uh, and that may involve something crazy like this. Uh, but you rightly, Andrew, pointed out that uh, the level of interglobal politicking that it will take. To like, uh, uh, if I were to guess, Russia is pretty pleased with it being a little less, you know, Russia <laughs> frozen these days. Uh, and, and so now all of a sudden you're going to put up a, a sunshade and cool off the planet. Great for the planet, not so great for one particular country on the planet, right? So um, uh, I. Oh. There was something I was leading to, and I've lost it.
1: Uh, I'll I'll go, and then you see. Okay, go. I, My my my. There are a lot of. We can ask engineers. We can come up with a thousand solutions. Some are going to be better than others. Some are going to be really bad. Uh, you know, and sometimes I watch videos where people will take down stuff, and I'll go, "No, that's actually not fair," because like I you know I watch somebody do a takedown on the Team C's project where they want to use robots to clean up the seas, and it was a really scientism sort of takedown. It was really not. It was just. I was really frustrated by watching the takedown because I'm like, you could, there may be engineering questions, but they, they, the person doing it wasn't competent enough to answer that, so he had to make this thing like, well, it's all these ocean waterways are different. There's no one-size-fits-all. I'm like, yeah, but there are a lot of dirty waterways where this would work. And it's like, oh, we need to stop at the source. True, but this could be cleaning up bottles right now. And I'd say the difference with this is like, your marginal cost on this, on a robot that goes up and picks bottles out of a waterway is effectively one person could fund that, where this is the entire global economy. Well, and, and
2: like, I, I, I want to put this in context. Like, I don't think anyone is saying this is what all we right, should do. All right, Mr. Team <laughs> Space Bubble, go ahead. This isn't what we should do right now. They 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 do, uh, uh, I, I think, a point of saying that this would be an emergency solution, that, 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 that this is something that is in our tool belt. Maybe this doesn't work today. Maybe things get way worse, and we need to spend all of Earth's collective might on building a reflective thing or maybe that never happens we don't need to think about this ever again but i don't think that mit is saying this is our pitch that we should do this now i think that this is an emergency idea the the
1: sensible city the sensible city lab at mit let's put it put a finer point on it so we're not uh
2: yes that that yes that that Yes. Um, but, but, so, so that that I think is worthy of having the perspective here. Yes, this is wildly expensive. Yes, this is really not going to solve really anything other than one specific problem, and it will probably make some other things worse as a response. And also, this is something we could do, and I think it's helpful to know things that we could do. Um, so, rather than not
0: let let me toss this to the committee just 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 to speculate wildly yeah. uh, uh uh no wrong answers what is it that the world has against fifth generation fission nuclear plants like like by all accounts uh they're so safe that they run on the spent fuel from previous uh fission plants uh mm-hmm. they they, they, they similar to fracking, uh, which, which took us from, you know, a a, a light, sweet crude to, uh, a liquid natural gas, uh, with, with, you know, more than chopping off half the carbon or whatever. It was a step in the right d- direction. Is it, is it an obsession with the perfect being the enemy of the good? Is there something just inherently scary? with uh, uh, fission nuclear reactors is... uh,
2: uh, 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 But I think public perception doesn't decide who makes power plants. I think people who have a lot of money and would rather their form of energy be the thing that makes money. I, I, I mean, I'm sure there are people who have concerns about nuclear and have, whether it's safety, historical, what have you, and also most of those people don't get to decide.
1: I, I, have a, I think there's so My opinion is that there's multiple factors. I, I think that doesn't really get said much, but like in the 50s and 60s, you're going to be like, okay, Andrew's wearing his tinfoil hat. But I'm like, this is legit. The Russians spent a lot of time and energy convincing people in the West to be very critical of nuclear because they realized that having nuclear weapons was an advantage. And so when you look at like actually funding certain protest groups, things like this, who actually find out there was a lot of a lot of effort being put in by the Russians to sort of convince the West that nuclear was a bad idea to slow down the development. Um, and even it's just it's documented, it's pretty historical about that. That's part of it. Also is the idea that it is not the perfect solution. And people like in the comment, people are like, ah, oh, it produces, you know, these, these dirty rods. I'm like... Eh. Dig a hole, what's what we do? like literally that's a solve that's a solved problem you know we can we've dug mine shafts that are extremely deep. we know how to deposit these things. You dig down deep enough in the earth, it's hot and radioactive anyway, so it's point to me it's like ah, it's it's not really that big of a project it's aesthetically it's unpleasant to us aesthetically, you know you get people who decide ah oh, we we got to get rid of plastic straws, although plastic waste in the ocean just as a rule doesn't come from here you know you know, like we 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 come up with these. ah but we don't like i don't like the idea of waste i don't like the idea of that and i remember like people talk about like oh iphones and all these you know these damaged iphones like you could fit every iphone ever made inside of you know a college gymnasium you know like it's it's you could put it all there um might have some storage issues whatever so i think we aesthetically get very bothered by these things and then you know i've talked to people who are smart like oh you know overpopulation worries me i'm like you ever been to wyoming you can drive from one end of the state and never see a person never see a person
0: yeah and uh uh for the record uh uh people who are worried about overpopulation uh the demographers are worried about underpopulation. It's about our inability to our fertility
1: yeah. rates but you, going down. You, but you'll see these rebuttals to that. Go like, oh, but by the end of the twenty you know, end of the twenty first century, there's going to be you know ten billion people. That's a lot more. And I'm like, yes. And because I, I read an article that's kind of ridiculing Elon Musk, pointing out the underpopulation is a problem. And it's like nowhere in the article do they point out what's the average age going to be. At the end of the 21st century. And when the average age of the person on the planet is forty-five or forty-six, that's not good because mm-hmm. <laughs> your replacement thing just you go through that's the peak, and then you go through collapse. Cause it's so hard for people to wrap their head around the idea of, you know, like, wait, you know, we're there maybe not enough people and <laughs> not enough growth. You
0: know, I'm starting to think that this whole planet Earth is a rather complex system. <laughs> And that there is mm. no one simple solution to everything.
2: What if there is one simple solution at the well, space I bubbles? Well, there
0: is one simple <laughs> solution to make sure that we show up ah. loud, live, and independent in your very own RSS feed every single Monday. And that's to go to patreon.com slash weirdthings. That's where you get exclusive segments where we talk about what it's like to be an independent creator, where you are our actual boss and we listen to you guess what mr president we'll take your letter but we will not jump to action the way we will when somebody says hello one of your bosses here because you
2: will joe biden you need to be a patron before we listen to you
0: we will solve climate change like that if Uh, somebody besides Joe Biden would stop (laughs) cluttering up our inbox and instead a real box. Hey,
2: man, come on. I just need you to do the climate change. No, man, give us Patreon money. (laughs) (laughs) Patreon.com
0: That's that's our official position. (laughs) Until Joe Biden becomes (laughs) a patron, I'm sorry, buddy. I can't be bothered to hear any of your nonsense. Not at all. Um, Okay, I
2: got some more stories here.
1: If if yeah, wait yeah. one second. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I get a veto. You, you know why I get a veto? You, I get a veto either of one of you. Oh, of course. Yeah. Wait.
2: Uh, no, you know it, why? No, I don't it's, know it's, why. It's, I know it's, you it's do. In it's the In the Constitution. It's in your constitutional contract.
1: Yeah. Because I'm a Patreon supporter of the show.
0: Ah, uh, uh, you just figured yeah. out that we aren't even
1: patrons.
2: Blech. Well, I'm.
1: I'm a. Yeah, I, I am a Patreon. So I am a supporter of the show. So. Yeah. Take that, the Joe Biden. Speaking boss here. I'm am also a patron. Well, Andrew, how would you <laughs> okay. like us to solve climate
0: change? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, here's here's something. This is this is interesting. Um, have you thought about concrete very much? Do you guys think about concrete as a common building material?
1: When, when I, I, do, I read this article, and then I had a funny idea in my head. But yes, okay,
2: I, okay, Brian,
1: I don't know what the article is. Okay, but I do
0: know that you know what when I think is? of concrete. I think of the fact that one of the most outrageous sentences you can speak is humanity lost the recipe for concrete for a good couple thousand years and finally figured it out again. That is remarkable to me but i'm i'm going to guess that's not what this is about
2: no um that this is this is a different thing so th- th- these are uh, uh engineers from Australia's Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology have come up with a new idea to make concrete so concrete um is a couple of things it's a kind of a, a, a binding agent that's portland cement Thus you add water and aggregates. So sand, rocks, gravel, other things to kind of hold it. Volcanic ash? (laughs) Uh, say
0: Oh, volcanic ash?
2: Uh, and uh, formerly volcanic ash, which, which is what made the, the historical concrete so strong. Um, one of the suggestions, um, because volcanic ash, the reason we don't do volcanic ash is that volcanic ash is not available all over the world. It is very, very difficult to source. Um, uh, so what if instead of rocks and gravel and this aggregate material what if we used ground up rubber tires
0: Uh Bryce yes I say this with all the patience and understanding of being the father of a 9 year old mm.
2: Rubber tires rubber tires are not rocks they're, they're good, point, great point. Thank you so much for that one, Brian. You're right, they are not rocks. In fact,
1: Welcome to Weird Science. <laughs> Hit you with a hard fact that's gonna be the little YouTube short of a TikTok clip. Bryce, tires aren't rocks, <laughs> do, 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 do.
2: doing the Dougie while he's doing it. Yeah, that's correct. Tire Tires are not rocks, rubber is not exactly rocks. In fact, at one point. Um, uh, scientists had tried to create a concrete using using just rubber or rubber alternative and they found they actually found that it was a problem because rubber is actually porous uh uh, which means when you get water in there and that water dries up it becomes brittle it'll break and uh i guess they found a new method for um casting uh, for grinding up for for Making a ground beef out of out of used tires. Back,
0: back to Taco Bell. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. There we go. Okay. They, put
2: them, okay. they get the ground beef of the tires. They put them in a burrito of a mold. Uh, I think we've got a picture of it here, but they, they, they cast it in, in these kind of uh, poles here to compress it. So they do have to compress the rubber to get all of those pores out. And then that seems to make a pretty strong concrete. It is not... Um, uh, uh, quote a reliable structural element yet? Uh, oh,
1: oh, yeah. That's all.
2: We're, we're not going to be making houses out of it yet, but uh, it does have a little more compressive strength. It is a little more tensile strength. Just
1: children's hospitals. Just children's hospitals.
2: <laughs> I mean, uh, it's not perfect, but it's interesting because you can tr- ship rubber everywhere. There's rubber everywhere. There's. You, it's very hard to get volcanic ash in Oklahoma. There's rubber everywhere.
0: I. I- at the less. very least there's a lot of things that are currently made out of concrete that could be made out of a little less structurally sound lighter facsimile. Like, like for example, uh, uh, you know, all those, all those pylons that keep people from driving into seven 11s or whatever. Uh, sure. Make, make them out of this, right?
2: Yeah. Um... To some degree, I mean, it, dep- it, it will ultimately depend on how strong this could be, and also it's kind of it's not easy. It's not exactly easy to make. You have to process the rubber, you have to compress it, and re- reformat it, it. So there's a lot of it, usage.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe it just feels to me like one of these things where somebody's looking at a pile of tires and going, "Ah, oh, what could we do with that? Oh, we can make conc- We can make the most expensive, unsafe concrete we have, <laughs> and we have to wait twenty years to figure out if it's safe to use as a building material." Um, so that's why, like, well, you know, maybe you get a lot of that. Oh, we found out we can make this for next. Like actually, the amount of concrete produced every year versus tires is substantially more.
0: Well, uh let let me try to steel man this uh effort.
1: Steel belt it, if you will.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was well played. Uh but 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 uh just as my question is, when is the time to stop thinking and stop and start acting when it comes to climate change, when is the time to start playing with ideas like this? Even though they won't be profitable, they won't make sense, they're silly, you're only thinking about it because you happen to have a bunch of tires in front of you or whatever.
2: But also you're getting rid of those tires. I mean, those tires are not exactly doing, a lot of tires and rubber waste is not doing anything either. Yeah.
1: I I would say that I think there's a lot of practical, well, we just talked about this about nuclear, like nuclear is an extremely practical. It's the safest form of energy, probably the safest form of energy production we have. Mm-hmm. And we know a lot more in 2020 than we did in 1950. Although it took, we we were using bad reactor design for decades because of some historical mistakes, but we know so much more now about how to build things that now it won't be perfect, but will likelihood of failure. Yeah. and And to me, it's like, they're really good solutions right now. You know, when it comes to tires and stuff. It's like, I mean, concrete, I, I think that we're going we're gonna to realize there's not like part of the concrete shortage has been because China has been buying up so much concrete. And also when you talk about like uh, damages to the environment, what happens on concrete, that is huge. But we may not see that epic level of growth happen forever. And there may be a glut of concrete five years from now.
0: Hmm. Yeah, the the part that, short circuits my brain is when I think about like just how much free space we have. Uh, if, if I, I may be getting the statistic wrong, but I'm told that if you go into the middle of one of the Dakotas and just carve out something, the size of New York, of Manhattan, like that's where all of our waste can go and put a cap on it. And just wait to solve that later for a hundred years, and it's like, so if that's true, then why bother thinking this way? And and I, I don't have a good answer. Yeah, we that.
1: we've well, land, it, Yeah, landfills. I, I would say mm-hmm. for a second, like landfills are incredibly complex now, but the, how far they've evolved to the point that you build parks, you build all sorts of stuff on top of. In the Western world, the what other parts of the world? That's still a problem, and and a part of that we need to do is distribute things that work really well here to other places, you know, uh, water treatment, these things like this are critical and we take it for granted that we have access to it, but like, yeah, the landfills, like, yeah, you just dig some holes, layer it, put a layer of clay on top and go on top of it. And then it's, it's, it's not just, we dig, we don't just like dig a hole in the ground and just dump it in there and say, all right, F that, throw a, throw a match. It's, it's not what people think of when they get obsessed about waste. Yeah.
2: Um, uh, if I could change topics here just a little bit. Another story. Um, I I don't. I I. This is up finally. Against, we're going to talk about climate
0: change. This is up <laughs> against the
2: edge of, of my understanding of <laughs> of of computer systems here. So, so so stick with me a little bit. Okay. Um, researchers. Uh, uh, did they say from? Is this also from MIT? Oh my goodness, MIT is wiling out. Uh, uh, who have suggested um, a new type of uh, a resistor a new programmable resistor um these are the types that can be used in artificial intelligence processing um that they are designed to mimic in some ways the structure of the human brain um my my high level overview of this is that they have created them with new materials that allow the protons that move across the resistor to i guess simulate synapses Uh, can move about 1 million times faster along these new materials than, I guess, existing materials or existing traditional systems, which would mean uh, or could mean um, a breakthrough in how fast artificial intelligence could uh, model the brain with these resistors. It could have an AI that can think and, I don't know, come up with with many different trains of thought at many orders of magnitude faster um, assuming that this works this supposedly this would be this would fit in easily enough with current manufacturing systems that make silicone and circuit boards um, uh, so ideally there's a lot of uh, of options to train artificial intelligence even faster with these new parts
1: so I'll give you can I just give a little background for a second, yeah please so one of the big leaps in artificial intelligence happened when we started throwing a lot of compute at the concept of deep learning and deep learning just taking large amounts of information and letting the computer sort of find these patterns and going over it and this was made faster by literally the development of the gpu the graphic processing unit because a gpu basically takes an array of a bunch of numbers and another array of numbers and does math between them and it's designed to be able to handle these kind of arrays of of information net math Mathematical equations need to be solved. So it can handle them really fast, bigger than just say a CPU. Yeah. So the GPU is a big lift. Almost everything that you see now with like AI stuff uses GPUs. There's also the TPU, or there's versions of that, which is a tensor processing unit, which is actually chip designed more specifically for the tensor type uh math that needs to be done for AI. And so that my thing is like they would say TPU is sort of like kind of like we'll taking that a little bit further, but still using very much the same manufacturing techniques, everything else like that. And certainly we're seeing this pattern of like, yes, we need to make specialized hardware if we want to improve it. We want to make it more efficient, whatever. So I find this very cool because I think that that's we, we've gotten so much off of just taking literally a GPU, which was never intended for it and said, well, let's use this for solving, you know, deep learning. And it worked really good. And when you start moving towards specialized hardware, who knows?
2: Yeah. I mean, if you think about what a graphics card did, just broadly for computing for gaming, think about an an AI card as much like you would have a sound card or just you know or, gra- or a or graphics dis- a driver. Uh, you know, it, I, it is not crazy to because I know in in gaming right now what you're seeing the advancement in GPUs is towards ray tracing and ray tracing chips chips that are designed to do the math specifically for ray tracing. That will be the that is my stake in the ground for the future absolutely an AI or an ML chip in the same way would be, would be amazing.
0: Uh, I want to say it was 15 or 17 years ago, the physics chip. Um, uh, thats right. It's own chip, right? Yeah. Like, like the, the idea of having a physics engine chip whose only job was to, and at some point in your video game simulation, whatever, there's going to be a lot of Jeep jobs that are going to be bouncing all over the place and, You need a dedicated card to handle that.
2: They're mostly going to look like this, so we're going to build this so that it does that math uh, very quickly, specifically.
0: Yeah. uh, uh, Whatever happened to that?
2: (laughs) Well, I think that processing got built in. It became, uh, my guess would be that it is obsolete, right? Like, yeah, like anything a GPU is today can do vector line rendering can do sound car. That's why you don't really see sound cards. Cause all that stuff has gotten miniaturized and fits in the motherboard on the from, chip.
1: Yeah. yeah. Even on the chip. Like if you look at, if you look at like an iPhone chip wafer, you'll see there's like six chips there, you know, which is sort of the amazing part. And so, yeah, a lot of that just got put right on there.
0: Uh, plus also there's the um, uh, fortuitous fact that our ears Boy, what a narrow range of things we can even hear! <laughs> it's like uh, now th- we live in an age where computing processor power is so large that it's like, oh, wait, you want sound too? Um, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, done. Yeah. It's done. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Um, well, like it, like I have my AirPods in right now, and you think about how sophisticated the sound processing is in these, and you know, to sort of show somebody, you know. 20 years ago and be like, yeah, that that like I can do background noise reduction in something that you could swallow, which I don't recommend. <laughs>
2: yeah, I wouldn't. I don't, I don't want to hear what's going on down there. Um, a few more uh, stories here. This one was from uh, Jedi KV in uh, in our discord. Uh, so uh, uh, Brian and Andrew, you might know a little bit about this, but uh, a black hat uh, happened uh, last week, I believe. The, uh... Uh,
0: oh, oh, that's the pre-conference right before DEF CON.
2: Yes, in yeah. in Las Vegas. Uh, uh, this is from from the Register. But uh, uh, one of the things that they showed off uh, there was a, a researcher from KU uh, Leuven University in Belgium. Uh, he went on stage and uh, hacked a Starlink user terminal. Uh, the uh, the uh, was able to get root access and and uh, kind of. Uh, I, well, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say good. Good hacking, definitely going through proper channels, and uh, it certainly seems like Starlink understands that this was something that, that that he was doing. But is
0: is this roughly the equivalent of, uh, of uh, somebody who climbed up a pole and got free cable, basically, or
1: um, not even free cable? More like was able to open up the cable box and send, you know, look at the IP switching and basically talk to the server directly, but not be able to do any kind of, as far as we know, exploit on the system itself.
2: Right, yes, uh, to, to, to be specific, um, uh, here, here's this from some of the, the registers reporting. First, he compromised the black box system using voltage fault injection during the execution of the system on chip ROM bootloader, which allowed him to bypass the firmware signature verification and run his own custom code on the terminal that was in a lab setting. Um, And has since built a mod chip uh, that can get root access to the user terminal, which I'm assuming is a device that goes in the house um, that is using Starlink. So this, uh, yeah, this is like right. This is hacking your router. They figured out how to hack your router, and your router is made by Tesla or Space like Starlink, what have you. Right. Um, And so this is the beginning. This is opening the door to, well, what. What can you do? And, and, and uh, uh, along the way, Starlink uh, knew that, that uh, this researcher was doing this, offered some amount of help uh, because if they discover security vulnerabilities, then uh, it would be better to be <laughs> on their side than not. Um, but uh, it's interesting thinking about Starlink as a hardware and telecom manufacturer to the point that it is a big deal that they get hacked, that they get hacked custom firmware well
0: especially in the context that uh part of you know uh, the excitement that is fueling uh, starlink is based on the idea that here's an isp that uh has no interest in what country you're in where you are on the planet it's truly direct access to the internet and so on uh but if at a local level uh security protocols could be <laughs> subverted that would be not great news.
2: Yeah, yes. Uh, one, one of the uh, other things that they bring up, uh, this was a quote, you could also try to repurpose user terminals. So maybe you could use two user terminals to implement point-to-point communications or something like that. So so much like that, you could, uh, depending on, and it's all about context and the environment here, but you could possibly in a future use your Starlink satellite ISP to connect to another dish or another user without going through all of the tunnels that you would pay to use.
0: Uh, That one, that one hits me in a weird spot spot because like I was very sympathetic for uh, remember QCAT, the, uh, little mouse-like device (laughs) where they they gave away just millions and millions of dollars of these for free in the newspaper. And then they got very upset when people were like, Oh, a commercial gizmo for a service I don't want. Let me see what I could do with this. And then they repurposed it in all kinds of crazy ways. Uh, If Mm -hmm. you're out in rural America uh, then yeah, go ahead and get your hands on a couple of these Starlink devices. Figure out a way where technically you're, you know, I don't know, a hundred miles north, but it appears as though you're a hundred miles south. I I I I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, yeah, you're probably violating some terms of service, but that's about it. Well, you're right?
1: stealing service. You're stealing service, though. It's like the QCAT was. They literally sent you something into your. To you, you would never ask for. There's there's a piece of hardware. Oh, and you Mm -hmm. can't do this, this, this. Was like, I'm sorry, I never never even bought this. (laughs) You know, I never paid for this. And I think there was a lawsuit over that that they tried. If I remember, like they tried, and they're like, government was like basically, yeah, no, you just sent these to people. You can't, you know, try to. I could be hallucinating the whole thing. But here, the the challenge is that if you're uh, if you're saying uh, if you were able to and you can't, but if you were able to use this to get extra service or different tier of service, that's it's theft, you know. You're you're literally depriving people of, you know, i, I a miserable thing of a resource that takes energy, etc. cetera.
2: Yeah, uh, and so. and this is this is all hypothetical. Right now, this is root access and custom code. But who knows? I mean, i i uh, this this is bringing hacking into space. I don't know what goes on up there. <laughs> so,
1: um, one last here to hear, folks. Bryce does not know what's going on in space.
2: I don't know. I don't have my finger on the space pulse.
0: Although I will. Uh, offer. My biggest fear is not of somebody uh, uh stealing service. It is of a mole that has access to talk to other nodes that could a- a- eventually, hypothetically, DDoS like the world's internet solution at some point. That that does terrify me.
2: Yeah, and and the fact that Starlink is involved in this research. Like doc, uh, Dr. Chiron in our chat mentioned, Starlink has implemented some of the lessons from this researcher's hacking. So this is, a, you know, we, we are kind of, you know, ah, what if they take over the satellites? But also like this would be the thing that would happen to make that not happen, <laughs> is researchers figuring out what the limits of these things are.
1: Yeah, it, that serves a purpose. This kind of penetration testing, people trying to figure out what's going on, like done responsibly serves a valuable. And, and, you know, SpaceX and Tesla have recognized this. Yeah. You know, they've been pretty open to people that like, because some people are like, ah, we will hide from them and they won't find out our flaws. It's like, that's just not the world.
2: Yeah. Uh, one last, and this is kind of a, a more open conversation, uh, I, I, I would say, just for the end of the show here. Um, uh, there's an article actually on the conversation website called uh, Today's Google Outage Was Brief But Disconcerting. This is from about a week ago. Uh, Google was down for a while. Uh. Uh, I don't even know when how long this was. Maybe a, an hour, a few hours. Um, we don't really know why Google doesn't really ever say why Google goes down sometimes, and they don't say why. They don't really have to. But how do we how do we feel about that? Because when especially when something like Google or Amazon or Cloudflare go down, we we realize how many strings all of these things are connected to, and how many uh, uh, how many tent poles. Are, are are involved you know if you have google can be a very strong part of your life search youtube tv internet access phone access the buying things listening to the you know mobile device if google goes down people have a lot of of of, of time and spent but the same for amazon amazon web services power even more things um so how do we feel about any of this?
0: I I would love to hear
1: Andrew go first on this. <laughs> I'm not a fan of when things break.
2: <laughs> bold, controversial, take. bold take. I,
1: I will go out and <laughs> limb for this. I, I I would say that
0: not pay patron Joe Biden.
1: <laughs> yeah, I you're talking to a person who uses I believe I use Bing on my phone for search. You know, so I switched over to Bing. Yeah, so very happy with it and. Uh, I I do like I use Gmail for everything. Like Gmail is my default thing. You know, heaven forbid I ever run a file of Google and they decide to shut down. That I would be might as well just clear me dead the moment I lose my Gmail account. Like now, nah, Andrew, well, I don't know it doesn't exist anymore. But yeah. that concerns me. Which is me, terrifying. But-
2: Imagine you just said that they can do this. That's incredible. But this is yeah, a new development, my, my, right? This is not the the past. Well, There's been versions of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean this is this is the thing. This is this is the bargain and it's like, Well, I can have it through your own domain. That great that I pay another third party to make sure that my domain is up to date and somebody doesn't go in and, you know, fabricate like every I get every few weeks I'll get like, Hey, there's a domain transfer trying to take place for this domain. Did you authorize this? I'm like, Nope um so i i i think vigilance is helpful i think that you know diversifying where you can using other things uh i have an iphone i also periodically buy androids i have the latest pixel phone which uh this design is not ergonomically friendly this is literally like an ice scraper on the back of this it is like just so hard you just feel like i'll just get the ice off my (laughs) window here but um, other than, other than that horrible design flaw, uh, I, I try to support alternatives because I like living in a world of choice. Uh, so as a consumer, I support that. I'm thrilled that you and
0: I both had the same impulse for me. It's uh duck, duck, go. I use that as my default search engine for everything. And it's only after I don't get whatever it is I'm looking for that I'll uh, okay, here we go, Google, and I'll give it a try. So, so weirdly, I, I did not notice it at all. But Bryce, you, you've hmm. always struck me as somebody who is perfectly comfortable with the curated experience. Um, did, did this affect your interaction with Google?
2: I mean, it, it, it's all about what, uh, I, I think it's degrees, right? I do use Google search because uh, you know, use it's the, the best it's, and it works. It's fast. And I, yeah. Um, uh, I, I think I've talked, maybe this was done after things, but like, I don't use, I try not to use Gmail anymore. I have an account that, that we still, that I still use, but that all gets forwarded to, uh, my Hey email. Cause that's, that's, you know, X, Y, and Z reasons. Um, so, so on that front, it didn't, it, it didn't, um, I didn't notice, uh, I must not have just needed to search anything through, cause through those hours that it was down, um, at the same time, if YouTube was down for an extended period of time, that would affect just my daily routine. I watch a lot of YouTube. I watch a lot of YouTube. Um, and so it would be very weird. It would be like if Netflix was down in that sense, it's something that I pay for something that I use and it brought into my, my routine of life. Um, and so I would, uh, like Andrew says, I don't like these that are broken. I don't think anyone does. Um, and also I would move on like also I would like the, because I don't have the Gmail tie YouTube would be the only thing that if Google disappeared I would feel like oh man maybe that would be tough to replace but I've got email somewhere else I've got social media somewhere else uh, search is kind of commod- there are search alternatives um, and I think we have a lot more alternatives certainly than we did you know, uh, you know a decade ago you know, now you've got DuckDuckGo being good. You've got Bing, which is pretty good. Um, you've got more email alternatives. You've got more social media alternatives, you know. Um, imagine if we were talking about this and Google Plus was still around, right? Google can't even keep their social network online. Um,
0: I, 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 yeah, I, I, So it, it was a harsh lesson to learn. But, like, there was a time I had over one million Google plus followers and then Google plus gone. There was a time I had over 1 million vine followers, then vine gone. You know, uh, I, eventually I assume Twitter will fold and that'll be too bad. Uh, uh which brings us back to our advice again and again,
2: <laughs> emails, get them emails. Get the emails. But it, it, it would be, if that happened to a Google, Hypothetically, it would be very big. It would be very far-reaching. It 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 would it would be I don't know that I would say too big to fail, but it would be such a if Google failed, someone would hat would surely step into to change or take it, um, because it is so involved in every aspect of life. These the tech companies are trying to find ways to work themselves into every part of life, online, offline. And uh, it will be very weird if, I don't know, there's a lot of consolidation, and it will be very weird when a lot of that stops.
0: Who who do you trust more, uh, Amazon Web Services or Google?
2: Amazon Web Services or Google Web Services? Yeah. Well, I guess Amazon Web Services only because they're better. As a consumer, probably Amazon Web Services only because... That's like asking if, I'm, if I like Coke or Pepsi. I just drink Pepsi more.
0: Well, and, and I guess also...
2: But I don't think about it. We don't think about what web right. service and, and,
0: is. And maybe Andrew knows. Is, is the, what's the RC Cola in this story? Like, what's third place?
1: Um, I'm not going to name names. I, I, I'm going to say that... Uh, Amazon's been a leader for a while, but everybody kind of hates it because it's just you know amazon is the first and so if you go through the documentation it's just confusing and stuff Mm -hmm. i would say that other services are trying to do it but they're spread so thin so it can be challenging so other people have stronger opinions than myself yeah so and and
2: you know the average person doesn't like choose this you know that's why they run a news article every six months i tried to get google out of my life and here's all of my words about it, uh, which is, is very interesting. And I think that's always a very interesting experiment today where there's a lot of, um, even as there's commoditized tech and commoditized um, internet services, a lot of them are still built on some of the same, uh, uh, built on just one, uh, just a handful of, of Similar foundations. Backbone. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, uh, those are some of the stories I had. Uh, anybody else, uh, uh, anything else happened in the world this week?
0: Yeah, dude. Uh, uh, some of us decided to spend the last 24 hours watching all of Westworld. (laughs) And,
2: and uh, season four of Westworld, by the way.
0: And I think that the way we did this spoiler alert for when we spoil things later, uh, knowing everything in advance made it great. I
2: had a really good time. Uh the injury was still watching the show so I hope he, he doesn't well, we're not going to talk about any details at all. We we, we won't. Uh, uh, is it safe? Yes, yes it's safe. It's safe. It's
1: it is it it is safe. So Brian, you know my project what I've been doing.
0: Oh uh, going back I've been to going the back
1: and so now I'm midway season three, and I'm going to actually restart season four. So I'm trying to be as blank of a slate as possible. Mm. Uh, you, you
2: know, uh, in preparation for the Westworld finale, I did a little bit of what you just said, Andrew. I watched I watched like the first half of season one, and then I jumped to the finale, and then I watched the first and last episodes of season two. And great! That's, this show is great, especially if you know what's going on. It feels totally different. It feels like oh, I know how you're important you're supposed to be. Oh, you're way more important than I thought you were supposed to be. Uh, it's cool. Westworld's cool, man.
0: I I think it's a lot cooler and easier to to get into if you know enough of the story in advance and you're told this is an anthology series. Each season is its own self-contained story. They're going to go places. Um, and, or, or less, yeah knowing that and, you know, riding season four was a blast.
2: And also the thing that I pulled out of season one was they did a lot of the heavy stuff that they try to set across or that they set up. They don't do, uh, they don't beat you over the head with the answer of it. And you could, if you're not paying attention or if you're not, if you're only like half, uh you know bought in on it you might miss the answer right like i see you in our chat is joking the maze is a sled there is an answer to what is in the middle of the maze and we find it is definitively told to you multiple times um and uh uh it's easy to forget that fact because they also don't lean on stuff too long so uh westworld's good i like westworld uh andrew do you have a
1: pick the only thing i've been able to watch has been work, work my way through westworld and i and i will <laughs> i will reemphasize i i've come away with a much deeper appreciation for season 1 and 2 as a cohesive narrative i really enjoyed them i'm appreciating season 3 a little bit more as i watch it uh i i my crit with it is like there are some really cool concepts and a really cool vision of the future with a really is this really how it would play out? I mean, I don't know, but I don't know if I buy into it. And this sort of the backstory of, Oh yeah, there's called insight and it controls your fate. And this is just a thing. It's always been there. And it just feels so, it feels like a different series with a different history. Hmm. And I think it could have been done better. And I think that some of the episodes I go like, this probably sounded really cool in script form, but the way this was directed, this is not very cool. This is just a lot of like, You know there's a episode where somebody's experiencing something and they just all they really do is just change the color grading and the music and i'm like this doesn't sell this for me i'm not like into it and then it's also because i was thinking about like oh here's a car chase problem is this version of los angeles there's nobody there and it's a few robotic cars and i'm like why not have Car trains of robotic container vehicles that you're navigating. Why not make this a more complex, dynamic environment so the storytelling is more interesting? than, then, you know, yeah. I have thoughts.
2: Maybe next season. Maybe they'll do that next season.
1: Maybe they'll uh, <laughs> get that budget that they need to make up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. dollar value. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it because I said, like, season three, they're like, yeah, hey, what? I'm, I'm Aaron Paul. Sure. All right. I have Aaron Paul in it. Cool. <laughs> you know, then Aaron Paul's in there. Yeah, I think it's great, but it's like yeah, budget wise, like clearly, uh, mm. they have money.
2: Uh, I got to pick um, uh, tonight's tonight's the night.
0: Oh, hold your breath!
2: Tonight we get to watch a new episode of Better Call Saul, and it might be the last time we ever get to do that. Um, Better Call Saul is a very good show, very heavy show. They have set up. I we are. I we are recording this hours before it premieres. Um. I hope that it I hope that it lands well because they jumped off of a very big ramp at the penultimate episode uh, and they made
0: a, some moves. some moves were made
2: yeah it is a, an, a very interesting show. It is a spin-off that I think very easily will go down as better than its original uh, Breaking Bad's good, but they figured it out during Breaking Bad and they knew what it was in better Calls. well they knew they knew how to do it. But so i i think it's great uh amc's better call saw uh rip to a real one so well, that's my pick yeah cool cool any other stuff guys
0: no i'm sorry i've i got a phone call it's oh from the president but he's not a patron I mean, I'm, yeah I'm i don't, let let don't see him on the patreon
2: yet yeah sorry so sorry joe next time it's been was it been andrew
1: Oh, it's your show too. Oh, it's
2: my... Okay. Well, I would say it's been weird.
1: Hey! <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>